Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very, very special episode of the Know to Grow podcast. As many of you have heard, uh, we're taping this on Tuesday, January 28th. It was just about 48 hours ago that the world was notified of the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant, his 13-year-old daughter Gianna, and seven other planes, seven other uh, victims in a horrific helicopter crash uh, in the hills of California. So we're going to be doing a Kobe tribute episode today, and you know we're going to be breaking away from our usual format. We're going to be hitting up a starting five of you know different people and different f- fans of Kobe's from all around the world, and just share you know a little bit about their uh, Kobe moments. Uh, every single guest today will get 12 minutes on the clock, just like uh, about the NBA quarter and i'm so so proud that our first guest let's put the clock on push ball for her our first guest is none other than one of my sisters karishma rahman karishma and i go way back to childhood and we became closer as teenagers and she grew up in queens and she's you know leading marketing in a huge media company karishma we got you on the phone because you know you grew up a the daughter of a laker family in queens oh yeah so how are you doing girl I'm good, bro. Thank you so much for for speaking to me today. I think that um, people process grief differently, and it's always good to talk it out and and be with your tribe and be with your your squad and be with your teammates as you process something as sad as as Sunday's news. This was uh, one of the more uh, memorable celebrity losses. And as someone who works in media, and you've you know pretty much. You know, you've gone through the loss of your close friend, Anthony Bourdain, and, and your colleague. Yeah. Uh, how, you know, do you want to take us through how hearing about Kobe was for you and, and where the connections for your family lie with Kobe a little bit? Totally. So I think that, you know, being in media, you get to see both the perspective of people as gods and idols and, and the celebrity worship part of it. And you also get to see them as real people when the lights go out and, you know, the makeup comes off and they're in, you know, the the back room eating, you know, donuts and danishes with you. You get to see both sides of that. And I think what breaks my heart just being a Lakers fan is I grew up a Lakers fan, first generation daughter of immigrants. My parents came um, from Bangladesh. The only relatable player they ever saw in the 80s in the Showtime Lakers was this guy named Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who had a name that sounded like it could have been one of their names. So we've been Laker fans, purple and gold ever since sitting in New York. And I know you and I have teased each other about that. Um, I think for me, what I, 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 because I'm in the media, right? I guess I, I don't hero worship anymore. I used to when I wasn't in media. Now I just see them as real people. And, you know, two things about Kobe stood out for me, which was the perfection, the the pursuit of perfection, the pursuit of excellence. He wasn't just trying to get paid or, you know, just treat this like a paycheck. This was his life mission. And that passionate pursuit of perfection was, was this man. And I'll never forget that golden state game, bro. Tell me, was that golden state right towards Achilles? Um, makes these two free throws and proceeds to play when, uh, give me one second. Is, I think we're the, yeah. cutting off a little bit. Want to make sure to fix our technical connection here. Maybe yeah, it's the yeah. internet in our neighborhood. I know you guys got the best internet out in your <laughs> no, we don't. office. So Times Square. Right? How are we doing on the? Uh, 
I think we're getting back to it. So yeah, I think it it was the game against goal. Uh, it was a, it was a game, the Achilles game, and right. he tore in his Achilles, and he was at the fr- and then he made sure to walk back to the throws. free throw line. And yeah, this was maybe about one to two years before his retirement in 2016. So what was it about totally. that moment that was so special for you? The ability to push through pain. The ability to, because that's not just out of being a physical beast, but that's like a mental beast. This is the injury that broke down a, a Greek demigod, right? It's literally your Achilles. And he just like pushes through it. And that's that mind, body, spirit of like connection and power and sheer will um, that I think I marveled at when, you know, most of us, myself included, whine about a really brutal paper cut all day. You know yeah. what I mean? And, it, and, and the littlest of things. And he's able to do that. So the fact that he was a, a, a genius at his craft and like a physical specimen of like of, of incredible of talent, but also that perfection and always finessing that that was incredible to me. But also he's a dad, a father of four girls uh, that embraced his daughter's loving sports. That was, you know, our most recent memory of, of, of anybody that's not even a sports fan is him sitting with, with Gigi and taking her through the game and sitting courtside like that's the kind of feeling you and I get when we're with our daughters right and our sons but I grew up a tomboy my dad took me to games we didn't have a lot of money but my dad made sure that you know city Shea Stadium always called Shea Stadium Shea Stadium MSG we were able to make our way to games because my dad knew that I was into sports and I don't know which came first chicken or egg whether he made me get into sports or I already had a propensity towards it so that father that that father's love that quality of like loving on his daughters um it's just so deep to me especially coming from a culture um where often girls are marginalized around the world and knowing that their limitations are set before they can even speak right so i think that's just what broke my heart and not just mine but i know millions around the world it was crazy it was crazy i mean for me i i personally was not a Laker fan, so it was tough for me to root for Kobe himself and his team. And one of my, you know, earliest memories of Kobe is him crossing up my childhood hero, Scotty, for that infamous alley oop that's going to go down in history to Shaq. Oh yeah, which the helped shot. propel them into his into their first championship. So I remember how tough that was to witness when Kobe tore our heart out. And you know, it's. When I heard the news, I became a much bigger fan of Kobe since the since the Shaq trade. So when mm-hmm. when Shaq got pushed out of town, I started you know rooting to see. Hey, I wonder what this solo gunslinger can do. But you hit the nail on the head. I mean, as a dad, uh, you know, with my eldest being a girl, similar to your dad, yeah. it it cut deep. Uh, I was actually at Dave and Buster's. Uh, planning hopefully uh, a celebration for Ian's upcoming fifth birthday, which he shares, you know, the same month and same time with your kids. Yeah. So I was on the phone with you that morning, texting, working out the dates, and I saw the group chat uh, text, and it was like, "Hey, this can't be real. All right, all right it can't be real." So we practically lost Ian in the arcade, um, and we were, and I, and my 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 mind was still like, "All right, let me go block off the entrance." But this Kobe thing can't be real. Like, I practically lost my son, like, physically. Like, I got him lost for a few minutes. But my was like, no, this Kobe thing can't be. And then when it started sinking in, uh, my wife and I, Nipa and I, we, I was just like, let's get the heck out of here. We got to yeah. get the hell out of here. And we just went home immediately, 
drove home safely as possible and just made sure to just just sit down for like half an hour, one hour and just process it and start checking out the updates. And, you know, deep down, I, as a dad on a Sunday, you knew that he probably was with one of his family members on that on that chopper. So I was like, there's no Mm. way Kobe's going to be on that chopper alone with just like strangers on a Sunday morning. He's got to be with, you know, his family. And when the, the news came about Gigi being on it, it was just it, it just that was it. Uh, so I think I think we're, we've all been going through two, three days of some really, uh, you know, tough grief with the denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. They push back the Laker game, rightfully so. So, you know, the whole squad can, you know, recoup and bring it together. Um, one thing I do, ha- I do want to touch upon with you is the whole question about legacy. And mm-hmm. last night. T Mac, Tracy McGrady talked about legacy and how when they were kids, you know, Kobe wanted to be better than Jordan and die young. Mm. And, this is, and this is before he became a father. And mm. you know, one of the things about Kobe's career was his Colorado case. And I want to be, you know, deeply respectful to every single person that was affected uh, by that case. Um, so, especially the young woman from Colorado. How did you get through that? you know, when it was going on and how did you come to, you know, reconcile, you know, this aspect of our celebrities that we learn to be, you know, human beings too? Totally. I think, you know, the measure of a man, the measure of a woman, the measure of a person is imperfection. And I've, I live that I am imperfect. My heroes are imperfect. My family is imperfect. On my best day, I am so far from perfect. I'm imperfect. And I guess when you take that into account, that kind of like how I started the conversation is I don't believe in deification and hero worship of people anymore. I used to when I was little, right? And I I made gods out of people. But now I just see people as people with extraordinary talents. And they can be an extraordinary teacher or an extraordinary basketball player or an extraordinary athlete or an extraordinary politician, whatever it is. You can be extraordinary at your craft, but you can also be human. And you can also have cracks and and things that parts of you that need to be filled. No different than what you and I have talked about in our own lives. Um, you know, the somebody that is universally beloved will always have that person or, or group of people that says he was imperfect. So I think that now, you know, being a mom, being a media exec, being like in the business, when you view people through the lens of imperfection by also knowing your imperfection, it kind of grounds you, right, to see things um maybe with the straighter lens. It's been, it's been one of those things like, you know, and since we were kids, we always could tell that Kobe was chasing something, you know, greater than stats. He was, he was chasing this legacy. And, you know, I think with everything, uh, it's, it's definitely something that will be looked upon, um, you know, as, as a part of his, as a part of his story. Mm -hmm. And, the second part of his story is is the part that I became more of a fan of. Uh, yeah. I, I started becoming a, a, a I started following him like for his attention to detail, for his fatherhood aspects, much much later in his career, and, you know, during father time, and maybe it was after becoming a father myself that I started seeing that vulnerability that 
not only uh, athletes have, but we as people have mm-hmm. and we as parents have. So to see him and his children, you know, grow and his eldest was into volleyball, is into volleyball and his middle one, Gigi, is always at the Laker games. And as a 13 year old, she had a damn fadeaway shot. So it's just like mm. crazy to see her develop that fadeaway shot after her dad. And, you know, obviously hearts go out to his eldest, Natalia, his love of his life, Vanessa Bryant, their two babies. How uh, how do you think you and your dad and your brother and and Rayhan, your husband and family are gonna you know proceed with the rest of the week before we sign off, Karishma? I think you know what I think is it's just the ultimate cliched reminder that life is short, bro. You and I were texting Sunday morning trying to organize Dave and Buster dates for our kids' birthdays. You know, first of all, we love each other; we're siblings. We'll we'll do that, right? But yeah. it also grounds you about what's really important and, and to hold your kids close and none of that shit matters and nothing else matters and other people's opinion of you don't matter because at the end of the day the measure of a, of a man woman person is how much did I love how much did I love those that loved me how much did I love the people that were in my life and I think that athletics aside Kobe loved unconditionally and of his family and every interview and every snippet of that will will show that and I think that that's what we have to hold on to is hold on to those that you love forgive those who's who, who have broken your hearts ask for forgiveness for anyone who's broken yours because life is short and I always remember and you and I have talked about grief you know um, in the past you know with your beautiful father and you know members of my family and we've talked about how grief works and yeah. I've always taken to heart this co- this quote by Joe Biden um He's visiting with a bunch of um, army families, military families, gold star families, right? About people who lost their children, husband, wives, children to service. I've thought about him a lot. And he, and bro, listen to this quote. Like it it gives me chills because, you know, you know, losing 22 members of your family to genocide. Like I, 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 I mourn for people I never met who were born 15 years before I was born, you know, like, so I always remember this Biden quote where he says, I promise you there will come a time. Or the thought of your loved one brings a smile to your lips before it brings a tear to your eye. And I got so much comfort for that, thinking about like, you know what, there will come a time, like right now you and I mourn your dad, we cry for him. But sometimes I smile thinking about him. And what that Biden quote was basically like, there will come a time where you and I and all of us are going to smile before we weep. And for some people, that journey is quicker. And for some people, that journey takes a long time because grief is unique, right? And um, personal, deeply personal. But I like to believe that for all the people we've lost, not just for the big names, you know, that have the, the millions of mournful fans, but for everyday people that are surviving parents with cancer or, you know, kids in hospital or have kids, you know, family members in the military that don't know which way. Um, our world is going or anybody struggling, right? Cause people die all the time. We just don't know their names. And I'm very, very mindful of that. Yeah. And and to that point of grief, I would say, I just pray that everybody smiles thinking about their loved one, like a, a, a smile on their lips before a tear comes to their eye. Amazing. I thought a lot about Joe Biden this week, thinking about Vanessa Bryant and, you know, similar tragedies. Yeah. That we've, lost we've come to learn about. Yeah. So, 
Karishma, I can't wait to have you back on our podcast for, you know, a happier episode where yes. we can chat about the media representation and all the fun stuff that you get up to. Anytime, oh, it's bro. a busy, busy week, and uh, I can't wait to catch up with you offline. And thanks so much for dialing in and sharing your, of you know, your tribute I'm glad to this is not a video call so you would see my ugly crying. <laughs> no, man, we got we got Kobe and Gianna from Bleacher Report. You know, one of your uh, one of your teams, my brands, yeah, one of your teams. So we got it all, and uh, we can't wait to chat with you next time. All right, bro. Thank you so much. Love to everyone. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. With the 13th pick in the 1996 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Kobe Bryant from Lower Marion High School in Pennsylvania. And we're back for a very special tribute episode on the Notre Grove podcast. Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant. We've we just finished up our first segment with our homegirl Karishma, who's grown up, uh, you know, lifetime Laker fan. Thanks to her parents, thanks to Kareem, growing up. You know, Karishma and I are both in the mid to late thir- mid to late thirties right now. So for the second spot in the lineup, we're gonna go to the biggest Kobe Bryant fan that I know, uh, Moho Muhammad Hussein. He's been a recent podcast guest and it was actually texting like moho you were the first person i texted when i saw the rumors on sunday and i was like hey man what's going on tell me this is a joke and when you were like hey man i uh, i'm pretty sure uh this is what's going on i didn't really need to like get verification i knew that you'd have like all the real sources sources so welcome uh let's start the clock for him let's start the clock right now how are you feeling? Thank you so much for being at the shooting guard spot in the starting lineup. I'd only give that to you. How are you feeling, dude? I know it's one of the worst weeks. Yeah, it's been a pretty difficult week ever since I found out and ever since we all found out. Um, I think at first everyone was just hoping that it wasn't true, right? When I first heard him, like, yo, this is definitely a hoax. There's no way this can be, this can be true. But, you know, these things happen and um, it's just, you know, we got to uh, honor Kobe's legacy. We got to you know, take the lessons that he's provided for us. He was a huge inspiration to me growing up, he's a, to my family, to like everyone around me. So, you know, it's it's a tough time, but, you know, Mamba mentality, whenever, you know, things get worse, you just got to strive to be your best, right? What were your first memories? Take us, like, you're, you're in your late 20s now. Yeah. Kobe had a 20-year career, so he retired when you were 24, 25. Yeah. And... How long did you get to enjoy his career from? Like, what are the earliest Kobe memories you have? And how old were you? And what was going on in Kobe's career? Yeah, so, I mean, I started watching basketball with, like, 97, 98, right around the time that Kobe came into the league. Um, I, you know, growing up, we watched Kobe, we watched Allen Iverson, we watched Tracy McGrady. As you know, Tracy McGrady is my favorite player of all time. Um, but, you know, Kobe Bryant has been more of an inspiration to me in my personal life. Yeah. Um, earliest memories, you know, my... Family, were, they were big, like, Knicks fans. They were big Chicago fans, kind of split. You know, my uncles used to watch basketball, and that's kind yeah. of how I got into it. 33. Um, 33. Scotty. <laughs> and Kobe's Laura Marion number. Yes, sir. Um, but, yeah, you know, I mean, one of the earliest memories I have is Kobe going at Jordan during, I think it was the 98, 99, um, NBA All-Star game. You know, this young dude, fresh out of high school, just, I think it was his first or second NBA All-Star game, and he's going at the GOAT, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and just seeing that, seeing the tenacity just from the beginning, it's, it was really inspiring because, you know, you're new, you're young, you're supposed to be kind of quiet and timid and not go against the greats, but he did it. You know, he came in, he wanted to make a name for himself. He would always say that, you know, I don't want to be the next Jordan. I want to be Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the mentality that, you know, I carry through, you know, everyone around me, like we all try to, you know, be our own person. Right. So even beyond the basketball court, it's something that has been an inspiration to my life and my decision making, my work ethic. So, you know, uh, that's where we are today. This this stuff this whole stuff cuts deep, man. I know uh, you and I had a chance to work together for a long time, and I grew up a big time Bulls fan, and Scotty was my guy. So you when you and I had a chance to start working together, you know you were you were my student prior to that, and when you and I started working together, I realized how big of an inspiration that Kobe was for you. Uh, so one of the threads that you and I had in common through our idols was Phil Jackson and his coaching style. Um, so it was it was always fun to work side by side with you. You know, you got to you earned your way to VP and it was just always fun to work with you from your generation because you idolized the greatest player from your generation. Besides his family and his mamba mentality, what other you know, anything else about Kobe that really sticks to your mind before we hear about the time you met him? Um, I mean, it's just Growing up, just watching basketball, you know, it was really explosive. It's not what the game is today, right? You would see, like, Tracy McGrady just, like, dunking on people. Everyone just, like, on a... Yeah. You try to get on a fast break, you want to dunk. It was very explosive, very... Not iso ball. ball. The iso ball. Not a yamming. Yeah. Yamming on motherfuckers, right? Yamming on motherfuckers, exactly. So, you know, it was it was very... It was a lot of fun to watch. Oh, it was very gosh. physical, right? Let's do this, yeah. So just seeing that, just watching that, you know, just, like, the physicality of it, where it's like, he would go out, you know... He's, it was the killer instinct. It's yeah. like, yeah, I'm not going to let you down. There were times where I think, you know, the Lakers were up like 18, 19 points. And Kobe's still going after like the blocks, trying to make the steal. So it's just like never giving up. I think, you know, that's one of the biggest things that I take away. But, you know, family is very important. Um, just watching him. I don't, I've never spoken to the man. You know, I've never understood. I've never like had a chance to like have a full on conversation with him. Yeah. Right. But just watching him, it was just super inspirational. Like, damn, like he's really going at it. Right. And it's not even like a one day thing where he's doing it here, but not here. It's literally a consistent thing in every aspect. Of yeah. his life, right. Even like beyond basketball, like when he when he left and he wrote books, you know, he was still giving back to the community. He has a VC firm. Right. So yeah. he did a lot of like cool things, a lot of entrepreneurial things where he wanted to continue his legacy even beyond basketball. I think that's where I, I became a fan. Uh, I, I mentioned in the previous segment, I was always a Kobe hater because, you know, we didn't have him. He wasn't on our team. Yeah. So it was like Shaq and him were so invincible that, and my, my, my favorite Kobe memory was, my first Kobe memory was him on the dunk contest. So that was really cool for me because he was already like in the news for dating a star in Brandy. I'd read some stuff about this young dude, and I was like, wow, this guy this guy got is bringing it. And then when Shaq got fouled out in game four against Indiana, or game six, and it was just overtime, Kobe was like, all right, I got the keys to the car. And he just dropped, like, got gosh darn nearly 20 points in, like, the, the end of the fourth and overtime combined. So that's when I was like, oh, snap. That's the real deal. I I can't believe we're seeing someone do stuff that we've only seen one other person do, and that's the greatest. And Mike, yeah. 
So Kobe had that in his first, you know, uh, first half of his career. And then over, over time, it was much more of him building and the dishes to Powell and Lamar in the post against Orlando, against whoever they had to play were, were some of my favorite things as, as a Kobe anti fan. Um, what, how do you hope to continue his legacy? You know how much the legacy meant to Kobe? You know how much that's played into the drive that you have in your own personal work. How are you going to honor Kobe's legacy? You know, after you know, beyond the the podcast, beyond your shares, your posts. Yeah. You know. I mean, one of the most important quotes that I always take away from Kobe is just about you know inspiration that you want to continuously inspire people. You want to inspire people to be great because that's how you continue your legacy, right? We spoke about this before. At, and during the other podcast, right, I spoke about Dr. Khan in that sense, as, yeah. you know, in, in a way as well. Because he had this legacy, he had this vision, he built it upon, you know, you. And then you transferred it to us. And then, you know, you kind of learned those things as you were interacting with people and working with people, watching people. So, I mean, the inspiration is like the most important thing. I want to continuously, you know, inspire everyone um, that I can, everyone around me. Um, you know, tying back to KT as well, when you guys gave me the award at the holiday party, it was because I inspired so many people. I'm like that, like, that's like very monumental for me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I almost started crying when I was like on stage and I didn't expect it at all. So the surprise was one thing, but the fact that you wrote that I'm inspirational, like, that's, that's what I want to achieve. Right? Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, continuing that moving forward, just never giving up, you know, the toughness, the, the grit, um, making sure that, like I take into consideration the fact that people can work really, really hard, right? But I always want to work harder than everybody else, right? I always want to be one step ahead. I always want to, you know, make sure that all the goals that I set for myself, I do it in a way where it's like, okay, I, it's not just I achieved the goal. People would know and people would want to follow something like that, right? So just being able to inspire people, just being able to, you know, have, be a mentor, to like all these young kids out here, you know, in Jamaica, Queens, you know, and uh, from Stuyvesant, from Hunter, you want to do an MBA, like, you know, talk to me, I'll help you out with that. Yeah. I want to continuously to be, continue to be inspirational. I think that's one of the things I really admired about Kobe, because when I read the stories, he was just a student of everything. Yeah. So we, we got countless stories of him as like a 19 year old driving out two and a half hours to spend like an afternoon, like learning from Michael Jackson and what the hell drove, you know, Michael Jackson and his creative craft. He told us, we heard the story from AI about how, as rookies, Kobe took out AI to dinner. Yeah. It finished up. Is where you headed? AI's like, I'm going to the club. And Kobe's like, I'm going to the gym. Yeah. So I really admire Kobe's ability to seek out help because we all knew Kobe to be a really proud dude. Mm-hmm. However, he knew what he had to do to seek out help from his idol and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, let's call him his little brother. And then over time, as he grew as, you know, as, as, as a, as a person, he was able to pay that forward through Mamba Academy. And, you know, tragically now through his, his work with Gigi, his daughter. Mm -hmm. Oh man, let's go to some basketball questions about Kobe. All right. I know you're a big T-Mac fan. Is Kobe top five or top 10? Kobe? Definitely top five. Top five? Yeah. Who's at that table with Kobe? One day when 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 they all get there. 
one day when they all get there. What are we doing? Like all top, positions all, just in general? Just top five. It don't matter. It don't even have to be positions at this point. Okay. Just top five greatest. Dude. Who's so got the tape? Personally, for me, watching I mean, watching highlights from everyone, I'd say Jordan. Yeah. Right. Kobe. Yeah. LeBron. Yeah. And the other two would probably be some combination of Magic. Okay. And I want to put McGrady up there, but it's not. Um, it's not McGrady. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. McGrady's not making that shit. You got no love for Big Man, yo? You got no Wilt? Well, I mean, or Kareem or Olajuwon? I haven't really watched him like that. It's a different era. Agree, different yeah. era, right? So, you know, my era, we were watching Kobe in college, right? So we started watching, like, that's when he started peaking. He he had his alley to Shaq, which, which yeah. destroyed me. That was one of my worst memories as a basketball fan was Kobe crossing up my idols and Scotty and then doing the lob to Shaq and just the sheer momentum of that play they already had the momentum from Brian Shaw's three at the end of the third I remember every bit of that like the beginning of the fourth quarter I knew that Lakers gonna win it yeah and I just literally like walked outside and I was just like walking around I was like all right screw this Kobe Kobe just killed my team you know and I remember how upset Scotty was and so my friends and I, we try to like just point out Kobe for how eccentric he was, how driven he was, and like everyone's at the club, but Kobe's in his room doing push-ups. Yeah. Like that's the type of jokes we'd have. Yeah. Um, and we joke around about it of him being like just a different dude, different animal. But later on, we started appreciating. Oh snap! That's what this results in. Like yeah. just him uh, being so incredibly great. Who are some of the players that remind you of Kobe, either either in style of play, or just being able to revolutionize that mental game? Anyone who comes, yeah. it, it's you can't even think of anyone that comes close. But who do you who do you see some of those signs of? Some in? Of those signs. I mean, obviously, if you go across yeah. sports, go, go across sports. Let's do this. You know, Tom Brady is my guy. He's the same, right? He's exactly. They're cut from the same cloth. Um, the work ethic, the lifestyle, like he lives and breathes his game, right? Mm-hmm. He wants to perfect that on and off the court. His entire lifestyle is around how can I continue to be, you know, athletic? How can I continue to be fit? How can I continue to play football the way that I am at this level right now, right? And that's why, you know, he's still in the league right now. Give right? me some, ba- give me some ballers then. We got, we got, we got T. Brady. We know, we know Brady got it. And then the football, his, his fourth quarter drives really, you know, prove that tenacity. Yeah. And that mental toughness. Anyone with the mental toughness or even the, who you know is going to take it like, you know, who, who wants it like that. Yeah, I mean, LeBron definitely, you know, he wants it. He's earned it so far, you know, passing Kobe in the all-time scoring list. Um, I would say growing up, like, one person that I absolutely hated but respected his game unbelievably was Paul Pierce. Like, as oh, a word. Lakers fan, I hated Paul Pierce. Oh, where is like that? I absolutely just Hated Pierce. Pierce got says mad dumb shit now, yeah, so you must does. like love it every time he I says something it. dumb. But you know, as a player, as a leader for that, you know, Boston Celtics big three, like he came through for them, right? And he he was able to put it all together along with you know the rest of the team. But just his drive for the game, making sure that because they're the reason why Kobe didn't win, you know his third championship in a row. Like, that's something that I was really looking forward to. Who else can say that they won back-to-back yeah, back yeah. three times, back-to-back-to-back back back twice? Um, you know, in, in today's game, there are a lot of young guys. I feel like Damian Lillard is one of them. I love watching Yeah, him. he got a killer instinct. Yeah, Yo, John, yeah. you seen some of these jaw highlights? Yeah. John Morant? He yeah, looks like John he wants Morant's, to just eat. Yeah, he's athletic as hell. It's crazy. But, you know, 
But like the flip side of it is if you look at someone like Tracy McGrady, right? Like I love I love the man. I think he's way more athletic uh, than Kobe Bryant. He had a better outside game earlier. Game, more fluid, better passer. Oh my god, his passing was incredible. But his defense? His defense is not. I mean like he just didn't have that like work ethic, right? Leadership. He, he was raw talent and that's all it was, right? He was literally his raw talent. If he worked on his game even like a quarter of what Kobe did, I think he would have been really good. You know Imagine I mean? if they're in the same conference yeah. in their primes, because T Mac and ended up in the Rockets just just after his prime. Yeah. So they had like one or two playoff yeah. battles, but they weren't really McGrady Kobe yeah. battles because mm-hmm. McGrady was definitely past, yeah, his, prime. Was past his prime. But if I, I only remember like one game on TNT it was like a Magic Laker game where Kobe and yeah. T Mac just had it back and yeah, forth, yeah, yeah. and we all oh man we got to put that in the clips later. Um, as we sign off, any last messages for all the people you've already inspired now that, you know, we got to avoid a Mamba, but I have a feeling a lot of, you know, the Mamba Legion will be stepping up to start filling those voids in their communities. What do you want to say? And, you know, hopefully you can stick around for some of the other chats. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, pay it forward, right? That's one of the biggest things that we we talk about on this podcast. That's just very, very important. Um, Whether it's, you know, like in your sport, you know, if you're in finance, you're in business, you're in, you know, teaching, education, whatever it is, you always have the power to inspire people around you, right? No matter what it is that you're doing. Um, You want to, you know, hone in on that. You want to see how can I make myself better? How can I set a better example for those around me? And, you know, just continue with that because the legacy is what lives on, right? Like one of Kobe's reasons for opening the VC firm was so that he can help other companies, help other people get to where they want to be, right? And then just like you build something for them, they're established, then it's their duty to build it for someone else. And that's how you continue on, you know, generation after generation, keep building. So, you know... I mean, my only piece of advice would be just be cognizant of what you do, your, your actions. Just make sure that you know you stay an inspiration to everyone. Because no matter what you do, what you're doing, somebody's watching, right? Mm. So you want to make sure that you know you set the best example and you know pay it forward. Sorry, I stole your line. Don't worry, dog. He said it best. We'll be back after uh, the short break for the next segment. Jackson looking to throw it in against Shaq. Reggie turns and pumps it up. Off the rim and the Lakers are the 2000 NBA champions. Welcome back to the Notre Grow podcast for this very, very special tribute episode to the late great Kobe Bryant. Uh, if you're uh, hopefully you've been listening to the previous few segments, we had a chance to chat with our homegirl Karishma, uh, who's in media now and, you know, a lifelong uh, Laker fan, went on to speak to, uh, you know, a young south asian male perspective who's been watching kobe since grade school in moho we had the mental health coverage for dr ricky and we had a chance to hear from sports illustrated nick's very own alex wolf uh the great 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 alex wolf uh so we are here chatting uh, live from our league champion our fantasy basketball league champion the great nafa nafa and i are practically family uh, and uh, he's not only the league champion in our fantasy basketball, he's been a lifelong Rocket fan. So he had a chance to watch Kobe as a Western Conference rival. Nafa, thank you so much for joining us. I know it's early, early in the morning in uh, Sydney, 
you just dropped your daughter off to daycare as you're on your way to work. So how are you doing, buddy? Good, good. Thank you for having me. Um, it's going to be hard to appreciate all these, all, all these Laker fans, you know, and people with all these accolades. So, yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And uh, honestly, we had uh, one Laker fan, like two Laker fans. And, uh, you know, New York is a pretty anti-Laker town. So yeah. during Kobe's heyday, you know, we we were never really in the same conversation as Kobe because from the time that he peaked starting in the late 90s and 2000s, that's right when our Ewing trade happened and things just went south. Yeah. So, you know, we've never been a, a Laker town, but Kobe's always got that respect at the garden from us. He dropped 61 for us. So, you know, when we when we know motherfuckers like a ball, we have all that respect for them. Uh, I know you yeah. have a big time Rocket fan. Take us through your NBA stardom and how your reaction is this week. Let's talk about Kobe a little bit. Yeah, look, um, it, it, it's funny because um, I woke up to the news and um, the last mm. time I woke up to news like this, my sister messaged me as well. And that was um, when MJ passed away and she messaged me this time as well. And she's like, hey, dude, what the hell happened to Kobe? And I woke up and started reading the news and yeah, like I, I was never a Laker fan you know, I always wanted the Lakers to lose. Um like I, I think I started appreciating Kobe towards the end of his career. Same. Um, I think I think that win against the Celtics because that that twenty twenty ten I think twenty ten. Um, it was like oh eight oh eight against the Celtics I think. Oh oh eight is when 08. the Celtics won it, and then oh nine yeah. is when they beat Magic, and then oh ten twenty ten you're right is when they beat the Celtics back. That's you know I, I was happy for the Celtics when they won in oh eight, but by twenty ten I think not many people liked the Celtics, and then. You know, right. yeah. Kobe came came with that team, run our test. Um, in the locker room, run our, run our test was, you know, after they won, and he, he was screaming out, he got me a ring, he got me a ring. Kobe passed you like, the ball. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, and he, and he got the three, and, and I was like, wow, this this Kobe guy is, you know, he's, he's, I don't know why I hated him, but, it, it yeah, it, it was just... It, I guess it was just rival teams. It's and, a rival, uh, man. He, he 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 cut our hearts out. I mean, if you're a Rocket fan the yeah. way you are, you yeah. always knew that he was going to... You knew that he had it over T-Mac and his DNA to, to win the game, to win the series. Because oh, I was watching oh. deep. I was watching with the, uh, the T-Mac Yao series, and then he had the Ronner Test series uh, when he was Ron in the Rockets. Yeah, and then Yao got they, injured. Yeah. And then they they switched Trevor Ariza for uh, Ron Artest over the offseason one year, all this other stuff. So I remember rooting against the Lakers. What do you think it was about Kobe's game that you respected and you always feared? His grit. His um. He never gave up. He 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 was always in the game. Like it it, it transcends beyond sport. I think um. You know where you know he inspired a lot of people. Like gr growing up in a school um, where you know I, w I went to a high school where there was a lot of Greek, Turkish people, um, you know a lot of Australians as well, a lot of Filipino people, and those were the years of Froby. You know, um, uh, Froby. That's right, number eight. Yeah. You know, it, w it was sort of the T Mac era where you know people stopped wearing T Mac shoes. You know, people were wearing Iverson shoes, but everybody was into Kobe. Kobe, Kobe was the thing. Kobe and Shaq. Kobe and Shaq were in every every single song. You know, like Shaq and Kobe. I, I remember a song by Jagged Edge. Um, you know, they were, they were talking about how intimate a couple were, but they would they would relate back to Shaq and Kobe, and it was always Shaq and Kobe, Shaq and Kobe, Shaq and Kobe, and 
The impact on him was like worldwide. Everybody knew who Kobe was. Were there any particular racial or ethnic groups that loved Kobe more in growing up in Sydney? Like, what part of Sydney did you grow up in? And what, do you, like, because you just mentioned Croatians and, you know, Bogut, that Bogut, yeah. he's Croatian and uh, he's a Bogut down under. And uh, yeah. so we're thinking about him, we're thinking about, and you, and you got a generation of Australian players coming out like Ben Simmons, but any particular yeah. ethnicities that, like, that really, really ride Kobe from in Sydney? Yeah, I grew up in the eastern suburbs. Like I went to high school in the eastern suburbs, and then I moved to the west. Um, in the eastern suburbs, it was all the Filipinos. Mm. Anybody from the Philippines, you know, they love basketball. They love Kobe. Uh, you know, Kobe was, you know, every every time you take a shot out of nowhere, you know, you play like uh, bin basketball at, you know, in in school, and you um, shout out Kobe. So Kobe Kobe was a phenomenon. It, it was it was everything pretty much. Um, but yeah, I think amongst the Asian culture, um, Kobe was massive. You know, you wear, you see people at like you know um um arcades where wearing Kobe jerseys, their kids wearing Kobe jerseys, and that was Kobe number eight. And then you know uh, when Kobe went to twenty four, um you know he my my perception was he wanted to be one above Jordan, and um that's why he took number twenty four. Yeah, we and, have, we yeah we all share that sentiment, and and then go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, and then everybody started getting, you know, wearing Kobe jerseys. And every time I'd see a person with a Kobe jersey, I'd be like, oh, that's a fake fan because, you know, the Lakers were winning then. And But eventually, you know, I realized that just the impact that he had, it didn't really matter. People that didn't follow basketball were into Kobe. Um, and, yeah, he, he transcended beyond that sport. We got a picture of you on the studio. You... Uh, my brother, uh, my brother-in-law, our brother-in-law, Shomes, our good, good, good friend, Swapnil. Yeah. The honorary Bengali, Swapnil, Gujwari. <laughs> uh, and we got our cousin, your best friend, Abir, Anwar, Arsenal fan. What was it like traveling across the world? And what was the excitement like when y'all Aussie brown guys were like, yo, we're about to see Kobe. Or like, I see the, we got the picture. We got the Gasol jerseys. We got the Kobe and like, yeah. what, was that, what was that mood like for the Aussie boys uh, to come out to see uh, a live game at Staples? See, the funny thing was um, the reason, like, there were, there were heaps of Kobe jerseys, and I was looking for a Ron Artest jersey, but the reason why I didn't get a Kobe jersey was I didn't like him, and I got a Gasol jersey instead. I was like, ah. I see it. What about Abir? Why did he get the Gasol jersey, too? <laughs> he wanted to be like me, so whatever I had, he's like, yeah, you know what? Uh, stuff Kobe. I don't know why he, I don't know what he had against Kobe, but but you know, just just watching him play, and you're like, wow, this is this is Kobe. You know, we had Tim Duncan, um, Ginobili, and um, Parker on the other side. You had, um, uh, what's his name, um, the actor uh, Jack Nichols on the side, Nicholas yeah, on Jack the side, Nicholson, yeah, yeah, on the side, and you can see him. You know, and you know, Kobe shooting free throws, and you're like, wow, this is this is actually the NBA, and this is actually Kobe Bryant. This guy's gonna be a Hall of Famer someday and regardless of how we feel about him this guy's it's it's amazing to be in the building you know we never got to see mj i never got to see scotty i never got to see hakeem play you know i appreciate you putting scotty in there before mike oh shit (laughs) you know where you at you know where you at um yeah so our my relationship with you goes way back to like right before my wedding uh it was an incredible fun time to just get to get to know you then and you you were actually you know, help me get ready that day, help me get the car wash. We were just chilling, talking about basketball, talking about travel. 
I mean, you're a father now, and I got two kids, and we're hopefully we're about to link up in a few. Yeah. What's going on? Like, how how's the mood as a father, knowing uh, that aspect of it? I mean, how did your Australia group of friends, you know, react? And you know, before we sign off, do you think this passing is going to change the way you know you guys take life or approach life or you know, how you treat the friendships or anything like that. Because a lot of you guys are becoming dads now. We all got daughters, too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I reached out a couple of my uh, basketball mates. And, you know, um, I know they're pretty much lifelong Laker fans. They were, they were deeply cut. Uh, for me, you know, Kobe, Kobe transformed. I think the persona that Kobe portrayed on the basketball court and then afterwards was just amazing. He just seemed so humble. He just seems so relaxed you know and he'd be at his games with his daughter and you know you'd see footage of him and Gigi um you know just just bonding and just just talking about whatever they were talking about but but just things like that that you you're like wow even after that sort of stardom you've got time to you know um relate to your family and you know connect with your your daughter and you know i've got a little girl right now and i want to get her into sports i want to get i make her watch basketball and and so on and you know if we can connect with one one little thing you know i, I think i've achieved something as a father and i, I, th I think it's that just connecting on something um you know with your loved ones um you know beyond beyond like your just your general interest and i think that that that's the inspiration and i think um another thing off the court for kobe that um sticks out to me there's a there's a couple of things um there's the uh matt barnes where he tried to um like uh, fake uh, the ball. scare yeah scare yeah. like like fake throw it at his face kind of shit yeah and kobe's just there chewing gum and you're like wow this guy <laughs> this guy's hard ass Steal. Yeah, there's the 60 he dropped against Utah, you know, the when, when he tore his Achilles and he dropped the free throws. Um, and there's a Brian McKnight song called Hold On, where Kobe did a verse. And you know, he's wearing, wearing like a um, a suit or whatever. And I was like, wow, Kobe raps. But yeah, that was that was like, you know, the Froby era. But yeah, like, it, it was more than basketball, I think, you know, and and it's, it, it's sad that we realize it after he's gone. Yeah. And, it's sad that people realize it, it, it's a general thing. People, people sort of reminisce after you're gone and don't really celebrate while you're there. And I think that's something that we need to learn to celebrate people while they're here and let them know that, you know, they're appreciated. Dude, I couldn't say it in a better way, man. I mean, I, I just remember spending in the entire first part of Kobe's career, just kind of hating on him all the way from New York, all the way from the East. Cause we knew yeah. we didn't have a transformational generational player like that. And then over time, you know, it was only in the last five to 10 years after the Shaq trade that I started like, you know, thinking about him and just his impact on the game. And one way that he really inspired me was just wanting to be the best at his craft. And yeah. even though I grew up a big Scotty fan, that his guy's not known for being the best at his craft, like outside of defense and, you know, and, you know, like being one of the best defensive wings, but Kobe wanted to be the greatest and just that drive. And now that we're all dads, uh, you know, you're a Rocket fan, so I know this interview isn't like, isn't easy because, you know, you, you just lost a rival and you're like, snap, I, I spent all this time rooting against someone and I could have just sat there like just appreciating a little bit more of it, you know, and I, and I find myself doing that. I did that with the Heat, the LeBron Heat, because I was against them. I did that yeah. against the, the Warriors because ain't nobody trying to see the Warriors, especially with Kevin Durant. 
So I think one of the lessons I'm learning now is as a basketball fan, sometimes just I'm rooting for the freaking Knicks anyway. And it makes no difference. I might as well put that aside and open my heart to just appreciating greatness when it's before us. And, you know, and I can't wait to see you and hug you and your, your little girl and have you, you know, hug my family. And when we all get together, What's going on? What's next? Anything going on for you guys this week out there? I know we got a big clan. We got the group chat. We got the basketball chat. We got the fantasy stuff. How are you going to, you know, you know, finish out the month and start February? Um, I've got a basketball game today for work. So, you know, <laughs> we're, we, um, we normally wear green, but, um, we're, we're trying to all wear yellow. Some guy's bringing all these Kobe jerseys. He's got a few Kobe jerseys. So we're just going to wear Kobe's and have a few shots. Um, so it's like corporate basketball. So, yeah. You got game? Like, you know how to like? Are you one of the better yeah. ones in the half? Because I played against you on the court, B. You better be bringing that shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I wear my Mamba shoes as well. It's funny. I wear Kobe lows. Um, oh snap, Kobe lows. That's what he loved to fuck with at the end. Oh snap. And only, uh, that's the only shoes that I feel comfortable in. Like, I, I tried high tops, and you know, I've I've settled with Kobe lows co- um, mentalities. You know, I um, love it. It's 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 funny how you know. Well, you better let yeah. those Aussies know that before you <laughs> reach work, you are at Ingobern Station on a live on a podcast, all the way in New York City, talking about Kobe Bryant. You know, yeah, growing shit. up a Rocket fan, uh, growing up a Scotty fan right here, and the Nick fan now. I can't wait for us to hang together. I can't wait to you know visit you know together and then have you guys visit New York and vice versa. You know, stay strong. You know, keep those conversations going with your friends. How's Saki doing, man? I gotta ask about him. I know he's he's the hardest Kobe fan in all of us. He's asking, my little brother-in-law. How's he doing? I've I haven't really spoken to him, but you know he's all right. He, I, I think he's doing all right. Um, funny you mentioned Saki, but I just saw your cousin um, Aswad walk past my car. He just parked about a few cars down. Fucking Aswad! You should yell at me like, "Yo, I'm on the phone on these bonds." It was but, he was putting his headphones on, and I don't know. He was probably listening to some beats or something. So I'm sure. Hopefully, he's listening to his own band, DMCs, and check him out, y'all, on IG. <laughs> Nafa, it's been fucking great. Yeah. I can't wait to uh, get back on the basketball chat with you, and uh, hopefully, we'll be uh, seeing each other and our families exchanging those hugs very soon. See you soon in, in Hawaii. Thank you for having me, and you know, take care. Thank you, buddy. God willing. See you. Cheers. Take care. Go on. All right, bye. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Uh, just another one in many. Oh, okay. Kobe Bryant, 28 for 46 from the field. This would be 18 for 20 from the line. And an 81 point for this crowd for number eight, Kobe Bryant. Hello and welcome back to the Notre Girl podcast and this very, very special episode dedicated to the late Kobe Bryant. Our first two segments, we had the privilege of speaking to our good friend Karishma, then our good friend Moho, and we're going to take it to the mental health space for a chat with Dr. Ricky Kadir. Dr. Ricky Kadir and I go way back to his childhood friends, family friends. He was uh, uh, formerly taught at cons of my late father directly. And in the past uh, few years, Dr. Kadir has become a very outspoken advocate for mental health awareness. So... Dr. Kadir, I'm so sorry to catch you on a very, very tough week for us all. How are you doing about this stuff, Ricky? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. First time, long time, as I say. <laughs> um, it's kind of surreal to be talking to you, actually, like just as you 
mentioned uh, once or uncle, your father used to actually come to my house and teach me, uh, teach me the maths, <laughs> as the kids yeah. would say, and to, and to kind of see where you guys are right now. It's like really amazing to see, really proud of you. So that's like first up. Um, Appreciate that, brother. Appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, I think this is one of those weeks to where um, it's tough for a lot of different people and for a lot of different reasons. Um, and I was just thinking about it just for myself, too. I mean, we grew up in Queens. I know you're a little bit older, yeah. than me, but let's just, let's just say we're in the same generation. Okay, I'm going yeah. to give you that. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm late uh, 30s. I'm late 30s. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, we're right? like, you you're know, like, you're like young to mid. So yeah, but you, you caught yeah, exactly. You caught the torch right when Kobe came into the league, and I was I was more of like a Scotty Pippen head. So you were right in that sweet spot of, you know, growing up with Kobe. So take it away. Yeah, no, I mean, like basketball was obviously really important to me as it was to you for a lot of people probably who are listening to this. And I didn't even really comprehend that until I was thinking about the thinking about his death as like why was I so why was I so moved talking about it? Like even talking about it now, I'm like getting emotional again, because um, for me, like basketball was like this defining, like cultural institution. You grew up, you're an immigrant kid from Queens. Um, you could pick up a basketball, $10 basketball. If you had like the money to buy really fancy ones with a nice grip, you can get those, but you can pick up a basketball, you go shoot hoops. doesn't matter what time Anywhere. of the day. No chains, Queens no Park. Yeah, no by chains. yourself. No, no In chains, the cold. nothing. Yeah. Right. It could be playing with like the white kids, the black kids, the Spanish kids, the Indian kids, like Caribbean kids, kids, Caribbean Indian kids. kids. Uh, and oh, my God. So many memories. I'm Queen's and, Village for me. Go ahead. Yeah. And it, no, it didn't matter if you were good, if you were bad, you could always just pick up a game. And I think that's what when I was thinking about this, like why it has stayed like even though I don't watch the NBA as much as I used to, it's still like this, like this instilled part of my childhood of even growing up I still like even not being as into it now I'm still like I still know all the storylines knew, knew everything knew like that LeBron had passed Kobe right like the night before I, I was still following all that stuff and then you see something like this or you the first time the first second I heard about this like you got a text and it was right like immediately I don't know what your thought was I was like no you're I don't know what you're talking about that yeah that everyone's like oh, it must have been a yeah. hack like yeah. he's he's like he's like pretty much one of the top two most famous athletes on yeah. the planet or ones we've grown up with. So this has to be like uh, like a weird computer hack. Yeah, this is like yeah, this doesn't make any sense, and this doesn't. That's, that's the denial. So if yeah. it's all right, yeah. the five stages of grief, you know, and you know, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance, and as they remind us in medical school, they don't always come in that order. Yeah. So, and, yeah, you know, immediately we were in a state of denial, like, no, nah, this can't be true. Take us through your reaction. I think the denial was definitely the first one, right? Like, and in denial, it could be like, like shock, avoidance, just like fear, any of that kind of stuff. And that was definitely the first reaction I had. Then I'm like immediately, you know, pulling up Reddit, pulling up any Google search. And if you remember, initially, there wasn't a lot of information. Nothing. And it was like nothing there. And it was just like, it's like Twitter. It's not you got to yeah. hit up Twitter. Yeah, I was like, Twitter and Reddit yeah. got like the early, early, the early yeah. And even Twitter, it, early Twitter, it was still like up in the air. But then when it became clear, 
I think for me, honestly, the, the next stage is like immediately, like kind of, I felt, I really like just felt like depressed. I was just like, it was just like hit me like a rock. Um, I knew like my brother, he was just like, uh, I, I don't know if we're allowed to curse on here. So I'll yeah, we curse all the fucking time. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, my brother was just like, holy shit. Like that's his first thing. And like, he's like, this is fucking bullshit. Like that was his, and like my younger brother, he doesn't really get emotional about a lot of things, but I could tell like, just even through the text that he was like already in the anger phase. Right. And I think for me, then when I heard that it was his, his daughter was also there and I'm just like, no, I can't, no, like she's got to survive. Right. Like she, she, she can also have been there. And I think that kind of like bargaining, part of it and also just immediately wanting to like talk to other people about it also goes in with the bargaining of like trying to get everyone's thoughts at the same time which i think a lot of people were doing whether you're reaching out to friends loved ones or on twitter on the internet um yeah i mean i think that it was just like this mix of like almost everything immediately for me it was uh, similar for me. Uh, I was at, I was telling this, the, my story in the previous segment. I was at Dave and Buster's trying to plan a, a birthday thing for my, for my, for our son. And I got the text in the group chat and I was like, Oh, this can't be. And then little by little, I started looking at my wife. I was like, Hey, uh, I think something went, something went, I think something happened to Kobe. And she was shaking because we, she's like, what? No, no, no. Like she's like, tears flooded her eyes. She's like, no. Because we watched the Kobe Arlong interview like two nights before our son Ian was born. And we, I was personally going through a lot of grief uh, then for losing my dad. So, you know, getting to reach Ian's birth was huge for us. And it, you know, us not knowing, you know, how the delivery is going to go. We, we want to make sure it's good. So we watched the Kobe interview. And all the way to the last, you know, moment before he just arrived in the delivery room, you know, she's channeling everything she has. And I, I know that interview played a part in pushing us both forward. So when my son arrived, you know, he immediately started feeling that void that my, you know, my dad's departure had left for me personally and for my wife. So hearing about this Kobe thing immediately took us back to that interview, like our son, you know, and uh, I don't think any of us, have, very few of us have hit the acceptance stage of realizing yeah. that Kobe's gone. I think like that night I happened to have tickets to the game for the Knicks Nets and you just knew you needed to be somewhere. It was like it was like when Princess Diana died or for the generations before us when JFK got killed. Uh, or when we heard about magic and his diagnosis, you're like, you kind of remember where the hell you were at. Yeah, because that felt like a death sentence at that time, right? That was like, you might as well have been saying, like, he's... He's gone. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's at, already at that gone. Time. At the time, in 91. So, for us, I was listening to, you know, Bill Simmons' podcast. He's like, this is probably the saddest day in basketball. I was, listen I was listening to probably the exact moment you were. And it's like, I hadn't listened to Simmons in a while. And we that was knew the first thing I to, went to. Yeah, that we was had the first to thing to, I went to. And it was actually the second, because one Locked on Knicks, our good friend, okay. we're going to talk to Al <clears throat> Alex Wolf right after you. Uh, but his co-host, Gavin, he did an emergency pod on Sunday. 
And, you know, he really opened up about his own mental health journey. And yeah. he, he shared that he had discussed his journey in the past and how the Kobe passing. And, you know, if you're in New York, you're oftentimes you're a Kobe hater, you know, the player, you know, for his encore, for him ripping your heart out every time against you as an opponent, as a rival. So that struck, it's, you know, he opened up about how much this is can be triggering for a lot of people going through mental health, uh, depression, anxiety, grief and loss. It could, you know, cause and also sexual assault uh, yes. for anyone who's been triggered by uh, his passing due to his Colorado case. Yeah. So there's I, a whole bunch of mixed feelings. What you know, what do you want to share about that, doctor? No, I, I think you covered it pretty well. But I think all of that is is true because we never know what can trigger us like because everyone has a different like has different traumas different levels of traumas and i think one of the things that you may have heard other people may have heard too is not even with kobe or someone who you really looked up to and um loved like passed away or died and they're like well yeah you know just get over you weren't friends with kobe or you'd like he's just a basketball player right or you're just like this famous person. Why are you so sad? Why are you triggered by this? And yeah, there, you can get triggered by these things because what Kobe may, means to you, what Kobe means to me, what Kobe means to like other people can be different things along this spectrum. And for some people, it may be a trigger, right? Like with the Colorado case. And I was really young when that happened too. And I've thought about it a lot recently, just in like the Me Too era and how it would be perceived differently. Um, and I think we should have that conversation. I mean, yeah. and, and at the same time, it's like, he's, yeah, he just, he died with his kid. And it was just like, it's along just really, with seven other people, along with seven yeah. other people on, like, on the way to like, a, a parenting like, outing. Yeah. yeah. A parenting and activity. And it's, it's like hard to even fathom. And just that alone, just like hearing about that, like, just the circumstances of that. I mean, that alone can be triggering on top of like everything else. And I think it's important to be able to be like, you know what? I'm not fucking okay that, you know, that this happened that, and it could be for all of the reasons, it could be one of the reasons we talked about. And the only way that we can really help ourselves heal, help our friends heal, help our like um, anybody who was affected by this like heal or other events like this is to actually like talk about it and to provide a space for it which is why i'm glad like this is one of the things that you're doing is i think it's really important that people just talk about these things that it affects them instead of saying like oh i'm just gonna get over it right because that has never helped really in life i remember what you what you shared that everyone has a different reaction to grief and I'm the type of person that, you know, these types of things can really affect me because maybe I follow pop culture. Uh, and I, I was never a Kobe fan and, uh, as far as a basketball fan uh, until the Shaq trade, until Shaq got traded yeah. away and I started rooting for him to see what this young gunslinger can do on his own. Like, all right, you don't got Shaq anymore and you, you talk so much trash. Let's see what you got. <laughs> yeah. And over the last decade, um, when Kobe himself opened up to becoming a mentor to more basketball players and it just, we came to realize that he had always been mentoring people, you know, in, in different 
ways and in different uh, modes, but it became a lot more apparent, uh, his mentorship and his coaching and his parenting. So in our group chat, uh, you know, maybe there's 12 of us guys. Right. And guys are taught to bury feelings by society. Right. And I believe that from yes. all the stuff from medical school to just knowing that yes. men have eight years uh, less on average in most countries for life expectancy. And oftentimes that's due to cardiovascular disease and uh, stress-related chronic illness that can develop over carrying stress. So... A lot of the folks in my group chat, a whole bunch of guys, we got people in finance, people in medicine, people in law. We've known each other for like, our age group is like 25 to like 30, like 40 practically. And, you know, I was really pushing to make sure we all felt safe to just communicate our feelings on it. And, you know, I, I because Kobe's 41, because he's a dad to a daughter, yeah. I haven't let my daughter out of my side for like the last three evenings. It's been wildly triggering as a dad uh, of yeah. a daughter and a son uh, and someone who's experienced loss of their own dad to, to think about Natalia and, you know, his, his other three, his other two surviving daughters and, you know, for all three of them. So, you know, hopefully uh, I really, really look forward to m a more deeper conversation with you on mental health. Yeah. And as we wrap up the Kobe discussion, you know, what do you urge all of your patients, all of your friends, all of your loved ones? You've done some incredible writing around the topic of mental health awareness, particularly for communities of color and immigrant communities. Before we leave you back to your clinic to help save more lives, what would you like to leave our audience with, Dr. Ricky? Uh, thanks for all those words. I mean, I think the biggest thing is to really, like, if you feel like, you know, there's something off, something wrong, it's never the wrong thing to reach out and talk to someone, even though you may feel like, you are going to be a burden or you may feel like someone may look at you differently because you tell them that you're depressed or anxious or, um, you know, you're scared about like consequences, like losing a job or getting kicked out of school. Like these are a lot of the common reasons why people don't reach out for help. Um, or you may not live in a house or have family or friends who are accepting or understand depression or mental health um, in general. And really like you should just know that there are people out there and especially nowadays i think we're talking about it now like i could never have imagined just to like openly talk about my own mental health problems uh, like you said like writing about it sharing it and putting it out there into the world um, but it's not just me doing this like so many people who are doing it the resources are there and i think really the first step is to kind of reach out however that is a text a call writing something on Facebook, like, you know, however you connect and um, reach out to people, just taking that first step can go a long way. I really appreciate and value this time together. Uh, if it's all right, I never consider any of our stuff, even problems. I know it was just in a rush, but I consider all of our mental health it's all of our journeys, you know, and even yeah. even the good comes with the bad. The happy moments come with the tough ones. And I feel that we all have 
our journeys to complete to the best of our own ability. So, you know, you've done a lot to inspire me personally to, you know, stay on top and of my own mental health and, and keep, keep that awareness up and find the resources whenever I know I need it or even for maintenance or just, uh, you know, just the day to day. So I can't wait for our next conversation and hopefully on a more uplifting uh, time for all of us. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on today. Um, we'll definitely love to have a longer chat, like you said. Um, and hang in there, you and your family. You guys all take care. You too, buddy. I can't wait to, for us to hang out soon. All right. Take care. Thank, thanks so much, Dr. Ricky. All right. Thanks, Yvonne. Lakers down one. Will Kobe give them one last gamer? Bryant on the move with the jumper. He oh, five. 58 points. And we're back to a very special episode of the Notre Girl Podcast, episode 33, Tribute to Kobe. Uh, we've just completed three separate segments from our starting lineup, and we've just had a, uh, you know, a dive into the mental health space and making sure that all uh, the fans and even those uh, who, you know, non-fans of Kobe who are dealing with any of their mental health uh, challenge, you know, journeys right now to, you know, seek the support that works for you. For the fourth segment, we're going to go into talking to a really good friend of our show, Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf and I go way back to his time at Locked On Knicks, when where he's uh, still active, and now Alex has joined the the beat as a Knicks writer for Sports Illustrated. Alex and I actually had a chance to you know run into each other and meet up during Sunday night during the game uh, at the Garden, and we'll hear about that. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing, buddy? Oh, of course, it's no problem at all, and I'm I'm doing well, man. Thank you. How, give us a little background. I mean, you are way younger than Marcita, and you're from a different generation, and you, but you still got all the uh, pop culture references from me and Ronnie and our age group. So take us through your, uh, you know, your your Nick fan, fandom a little bit before we dive into your Kobe uh, favorite moments. Yeah, I'd say, um, you know, it's sort of uh, it, it's why I think. Kobe's death affected me the way it did. I kind of came into basketball like at the end of the Jordan era because um, I'm I'm 29, going to be 30 this year. So my first team that I really cared about uh, with the Knicks was the 99 team that went to the finals um, against the Spurs as the eight seed. And then, you know, Knicks fandom wise, it, I latched on to them then. And I was always a Knicks fan. But, you know, I think during the... 2000s you know the Knicks just were so bad (laughs) you know honestly it was like you became just like if you were a Knicks fan you were also just kind of a fan of the NBA at large because there was only so much time you could spend watching your team um when they were so bad like that and so did you jump on the Kobe bandwagon or did you become a Kobe hater or what it was like for you I was I as far as his playing days were concerned yeah I was definitely a Kobe hater um yeah yeah same here same here I mean, I guess I still I still sort of had an underdog mentality because, uh, you know, with who I chose to root for, because I hated the Spurs. I hated the Lakers and Kobe. Um, I loved Tracy McGrady, who was like oh, who the, didn't? The, lovable, loved. the lovable loser superstar. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, oh, everyone loved T-Mac. And, 
I think having T-Mac there, and for all the younger fans, Tracy McGrady is a a small forward in the history of the NBA. You know, like his Wikipedia thing is, when you were watching that, you knew that McGrady had a slightly more complete offensive game with his passing and his fluidity. However, you knew that Kobe was an animal in every other aspect of the game. So McGrady just became a loved one, and Kobe was kind of wore the, the, the villain hat. Yeah, and you know, T-Mac always was dealing with his injuries and stuff too, which always held him back, but yeah, there was certainly like, there was something to be said, like, I I always kind of wonder about these weird hypotheticals, like, if you took T-Mac and put him on the Lakers instead of Kobe, like, would they have still won the titles with Shaq, and then like, you know, would he have been able to, mm. well, I don't, he wouldn't have been able to win the titles later on, because it's, I think his health is already too far gone by yeah. the second Laker titles, but Still, like, you know, I just, I always wondered about that. But, yeah, it's just one of those deals. But Kobe had, I mean, such a killer work ethic and killer instinct that, you know, was just pretty much unmatched other than probably Michael Jordan. I I think he's the only guy. And maybe you could say LeBron James to a degree, but even LeBron defers more than Kobe ever did. Kobe always wanted to be the guy taking the last shot no matter what um, and, and always put that on himself. And it wasn't easy. I mean, on the court when we're watching... Sometimes we'd see Kobe go into his shooting funks, and you, we, we would watch from, you know, as, as rival fans, Kobe just, you know, sinking with the ship and shooting away. And every now and then, you knew that he would take over and rip your heart out too. So, like, if, if it was your team that was, so as Knicks fans, we never had to get it really badly from Kobe. So a lot of our spectating was kind of like driving by and not really having it affect our fan base too personally. So. Do you have any favorite Kobe moments that, that you want to share with us? Yeah, I think my two favorites are probably pretty cliche, uh, but they, they're still my favorites, and there's a reason, that they're, and there's a reason yeah. that they're popular, you know? Um, the first one was 81, um, mm. when he scored the 81 points. I mean, that was predictably, I mean, that's probably a lot of people's favorite moment, but the funny thing is I didn't even watch it live. Um the, the main thing that I remember from that is I didn't see it the night of, and this was like pre-Twitter, um, you know, pre-social uh, media, really, like before and social media. And, and League Pass wasn't as like widely, uh, like wide of a popular thing. So, yeah. Exactly. So I remember just waking up the next day <laughs> and watching SportsCenter, and it was like, oh, my God, Kobe scored 81. And I, I swear I watched through SportsCenter probably like four times. That day, it must because they kept showing every single shot. They're like, oh, "Take, we'll take you through Kobe's historic game." I was in med school, and I was like, "What the heck?" And it was that night that there was these rumors coming out because three weeks before he had dropped sixty-two and three quarters, and yeah. we're like, "Ah, oh, how'd they stop Kobe?" And this time they let him play it out. So, yeah. go ahead. So, but what was that like? Just watching all those replays of of Sports Center all day long. I mean, it, it was insane. You could watch it every single time and not get tired of it, you know, because, you know, if you remember how, well, SportsCenter still is kind of like this, but they would record SportsCenter and it was the same hour that they would run over and over, over and over, over for yeah. the first, you know, five, six hours of the day. And I didn't even care. I, I kept it on anyway, just so I could see that highlight again uh, to see the 81. And since then, I've watched it. I mean, I literally, knowing that I was coming on here, I watched it again right before I came on here and there's even like, you know, clip packages where it's like, watch all Kobe, Kobe's 81 in three minutes or whatever, where it's got in three minutes kind of- in four yeah. minutes and five minutes. Yeah. I'm like, they yeah. have all the different versions. I got to yeah. ask you when you mm-hmm. think about that game, 
Who's the number? Who's the first Raptor player that comes to your mind? Oh, Chris Bosh, obviously. Really? For me, yeah. I I just think of Bosh because he was like the face of the Raptors back then, and because the Raptors were actually pretty good with Bosh. Yeah, they were. They were. They were like a playoff team, like uh, making the fourth, fifth seed usually. But also, it was Jalen Rose that he torched. That's right. the thing, yeah. Because yeah. for me, my my mind goes immediately to like Mo Peterson, Mo Pete, because uh, he was like the perennial, like always Raptor, and like just you know. And uh, but the J- the Jalen Rose stuff comes to mind because he's like uh, you know we love to poke fun at him now on ESPN and and seeing he's had such a great uh, journalism career after his playing days. Uh, besides the eighty one points, uh, any other Kobe memories, either on the court or off the court, that you want to share before we go into uh, this past Sunday? Yeah, I'd say my other favorite one was actually his final game, and oh, yeah. the the reason I say that is because I feel like that's the first time, like that whole uh, retirement tour year. Uh, you know, everybody knew Kobe was retiring. The Lakers sucked. You know, it was very easy to just sort of appreciate him that year, and. I made a point to actually watch that game like for sure. And, and, you know, I don't always do that with non Knicks games. I'll turn them on if, you know, if I just happen to be flipping through TV or whatever, but I, I made that like appointment watching, you know, like I, I had to see that game and I was really glad that I did because it was, uh, it was incredible. It was incredible. It was, it, you know, to see him go out there and even with, you know, you could definitely say that the, defensive intensity level wasn't quite there for the jazz against him. Um, Cause it was the final game of the season. Neither team was playing for anything, but you know, just to see Kobe go out there and, and do what he did one last time was crazy. The very end where he gave the speech and did the Mamba out and all that. I mean, it, it, again, I'm not even a Lakers fan. I'm not even a Kobe fan, but I still got emotional with that. You know, it was just, it was, it, you appreciate the moment of, <sighs> being able to see one of the greats do their best be them be-, be their best selves for one last time and put together a truly memorable performance and i mean that was really it, that game has to be in the annals of sports history unprecedented for just a, a a explosion of talent to leave the league other than you know certain players in the NFL NBA whatever leaving on titles stuff like that, like, as far as just a final single-game performance, that's one of the best ones ever. And to top it off, everyone was watching Kobe and not watching the Golden State Warriors win 73-9. and So even though the, that's one right, of the I greatest regular season teams ever, regular season, uh, was playing on the other channel, all eyes were on the Laker game because uh, it was Kobe's last, and you, we knew he was about to do some stuff. Yeah, I had totally forgotten about that. That there was like a choice that night of do you watch, do you watch Kobe in his final game or do you watch the Warriors set the wins record? And I chose Kobe and I didn't regret it one bit. I don't even think I flipped over to the Warriors at any point because I didn't really care because I kind of just no, no one gave a shit about the Warriors stuff. I mean, and dude, yeah. can you believe like you and I are talking about Kobe like this and we grew up, you know, disliking him because he was such an incredible rival. So as fans, he was on the other side. So I can't imagine like the pain that like true Los Angelesans and you know like Laker fans who've been at it for like twenty years must be feeling because they probably have countless more memories like this that they've either been seeing up close or with their family around their table or whatever. So let's yeah. go to Sunday, man. I mean, how did you find? Did you find the news out? 
like the rest of us just on on you know on twitter or was it a text mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. you're, yeah so you're in the funny, media now take us through it yeah so funny story actually it was uh i so i chose to drive in on sunday because mm. normally i'll take the bus to the train but you know it's it's a Sunday, so there's no traffic. So I said, okay, I'll just drive into the city. That way I'm on my own time when I want to go home and whatever. Yeah. And don't have to wait for a bus or a train. And so I drive in and uh, I get parked and, you know, I go to check my phone as always just to see what's going on and whatever real quick before I get walking into the garden. And uh, I have like five text messages waiting, like, you know, a couple of like Twitter DMs, like everything. And every single one of them, are just like, like Kobe, sad face, cry face, whatever, you know? And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, what about Kobe? What happened? And so then I immediately, you know, uh, go to Twitter and, mm. you know, go to trending and be like, okay, well, it's going to be here, whatever it is. And, you know, it just says like Kobe Bryant dead in California after helicopter crash. And I'm like, get out of here. So I immediately start looking into details. I'm checking the, you know, the Woj tweets and the, the Shams tweets and yeah. all that and getting caught up on all that. And it was surreal, you know, and then I'm and then I'm walking to the garden and I'm thinking to myself, like, how in the hell am I going to do this tonight? Like, I don't know what is going to go on because um, it was still, you know, I got Fresh. in pretty. Like, no one knows if the game is going to happen. Like, we have no idea what the heck just happened. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was still pretty early, too. You know, it's like. uh it was like three something when I got in. Yeah. Um, you know, and the game didn't start till six. And yeah. so, you know, I'm walking to the garden and I'm like, all right, well, I, uh, I guess I'm going to figure out about all this soon enough. And then pretty soon see that the, you know, the league isn't canceling games. So the game's definitely going to go on. Um, you know, I just kind of got settled, talked to a couple people, whatever, like a couple other writers and stuff. And, um, then Mike Miller comes out for his press conference and, you know, MSG staff let us know ahead of time, like he's just going to come out, deliver a statement and then he's out and uh, the locker room's not going to be open pregame for anybody. Yeah. Because uh, they're leaving it closed for the players to, you know, deal with the tragedy yeah. themselves. Agreed, yeah. Exactly. And uh, so I did go out to the court at one point. There were some Knicks players warming up, um, you know, Taj Gibson and Reggie Bullock, I saw Ralph getting shots up. And the the one thing that kind of stuck with me was uh, it was kind of heartwarming in a way. I, there's a lot of kids there, you know, like parents bring their kids early so they can oh see the players God, up, yeah. get, uh, get autographs, whatever. And, you know, so there's a lot of kids waiting, like, by the side of the court. And the kids probably don't know what just happened. No, right? they're not checking, like, Twitter like that if they're, like, younger but, kids. Yeah, and even if they heard about it, they don't understand the gravity. I yeah. mean, you know, they're they're eight, ten years old, you know, whatever. They don't they don't know yeah. Kobe. Like, yeah, my know, daughter overheard in the back of the car. I'll tell you our stuff, but go ahead. Yeah. So, it, but I just thought it was cool to see, you know, Taj Gibson and Reggie Bullock. I mean, clearly, just like anybody, they were pretty broken up about the news. Taj talked after the game and and seemed, you know, he's very reverent of Kobe and everything and. Um, clearly it was someone who meant something to him as a guy who came up in the LA scene in college. Um, but you know, they, they still stopped signing stuff for the kids and like, I don't know, I wrote in my, in my SI piece in one of them. Yeah, we have it up by the way for the big screen. So for the YouTube version, we got the, the picture of your article up. 
Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And with so, the, with the garden in, in, in gold and purple, purple mm-hmm. and gold. So, yeah. So I, I wrote in, I, I think it was my pregame piece about, about that and just how, you know, it was kind of neat to see that despite all the tragedy that happened, like Taj and, and Bullock were still giving out autographs, like every kid that asks, hopefully making memorable basketball experiences for other kids kind of in a way that like Kobe had done on the court for so many other people. Um, but yeah, it, it was just crazy, you know, and then I get back and I write my pregame and I called my editor and I was like, look, like I, I don't, I'm not going to write about the game at hand really, especially no. to start, because it doesn't matter. Yeah. No one's hearing. And like, yeah. Yeah. Like nobody really cared about the result of the game. I don't think. And, you know, so I waited until almost halftime to finally submit my piece. Cause I wanted to, I wanted to include everything about how the game started and the tribute and the energy in the building and everything else. And um, so I kind of did that and then uh, submitted that piece. And, and after I did that, I was like, man, I don't, (laughs) I got worried that I kind of, kind of emptied the clip a little too early. And I was like, Oh, how am I going to write anything after this game too? (laughs) But yeah. uh, You know, there's still plenty more to talk about is that, the craziest thing to me was the energy in the garden or almost lack thereof. Um, I, I'm sure you noticed it too being at the game, but it felt like in the whole, you know, first half of the first quarter, roughly, and maybe a little more that it was like, it was effed up, man. It was yeah, effed it was, up. I mean, we're, yeah. we're Nick fans and uh, we understand how rocking the garden is, even when we're losing and even this and that, but we've never had New York, be that like the garden be that quiet and that type of quiet it wasn't like barclays the nets are trash quiet it's just like this is something horrible like like john lennon or jfk quiet and i was just so sad just walking into the arena just trying to figure out just looking for other nick fans honestly i was like looking for all of nick's twitter i knew the crew from nick's uh fan tv and omni fan were having a gathering up at the chase bridge and cause it was a game against the nets. And uh, even though we have our like New York city rivalry with Brooklyn as a little brother, it kind of felt right that the first game we'd have as Knicks would be with our like sister slash little brother team and the nets. Like it would have felt weird if we had the Sixers in town, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it, or like I some of, random team, like, yeah, I mean, trailblazers or wild yeah, blazers would be good. Cause of Melo, I mean? but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if it was, it, it, it felt right that, as a city, as a basketball uh, culture for New York City, you know, we're going to grieve together, uh, even with our rivals in Brooklyn. And I think I had a little bit of peace in that. And it was good to get, you know, uh, a few of us in Nick Twitter that weren't working that night. We had a, a very quiet, somber toast to, mm-hmm. to celebrate the life of Kobe. And, you know, there's nothing but respect from every single basketball fan uh, on a basketball sense. And, of course, uh, for fathers like myself, it, it's it's just much deeper. So where yeah, can we, uh, when can we chat next, Alex? I mean, you guys have uh, thank you for having me on Locked On uh, several months ago. I haven't had you and you or Gavin on uh, for a full fledged episode. But what's uh, where can we find you and what, what's going on for you this week? Oh man. Um, well, you can find me in all kinds of places. I have a laundry list. Um, my personal Twitter is at the Alex Wolf. You can find me there. Uh, you could check out Locked On Knicks, the Locked On Knicks podcast. Uh, we 
generally do four to five episodes a week. Um, so you can check us out anytime. Uh, that's at Locked On Knicks on Twitter and pretty much available wherever you can find podcasts. You can find us. Uh, you can check out Posting and Toasting, uh, SB Nation's Knicks blog, where I'm a uh, contributor, editor, social media guy uh, at PT Knicks blog on Twitter. And then, of course, you can check out uh, Sports Illustrated Knicks, which now goes by All Knicks. So you can go to allnicks.com uh, or check out Knicks SI on Twitter. Um, and all the other great writers from there as well. So, yeah, lots of different places to find me. As far as specifically what I have coming up, um, I have obviously Locked on Knicks coming out every day. Uh, so we're going to get back to get back to hopefully somewhat normal discussion today. But if you want to check out, uh, Gavin and I put out a long episode today. Uh, I just saw. Yeah, that's yeah, about 50-something minutes long, uh, yeah. which is about double what we normally do uh, on Kobe yeah. and our thoughts on him and everything. So feel free to check that out. And uh, and then, you know, I'll have stuff coming out periodically for P&T and, and SI as well. So you can definitely find me there. Alex, it's been such a pleasure. I uh, can't wait to check out your latest episode of Lockdown Knicks. I'm not just saying this, uh, but Locked On Knicks is my number one go-to podcast show that I listen to. I probably listen to you guys more than I listen to my own show. So uh, thank you for being such an inspiration for myself and all of our teammates at the Notre Girl Podcast. And we can't wait to have you back on for a full-fledged episode uh, You know, on a much more happier note next time. All right. Thanks so much, and I can't wait to be back, man. Thanks, Alex. Talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. There you have it, folks. That was... Our five segments are starting five for the Kobe tribute episode of the Notre Girl podcast. You guys all had a chance to hear about my reactions throughout uh, this interview process where we had a chance to speak up to everyone. You know, it's the the most surprising thing to me personally is, you know, how much I was affected. You know, I wasn't even a big Kobe fan as, as, as a player. But as a dad uh, with two little kids, uh, this this unexpected loss definitely hit home for uh, all of us because it wasn't just Kobe and his daughter. It was countless parents on that plane. It was three families and, and three to four families that lost a loved one. So, you know, since the tragedy, I've been doing everything I can to stay close to home, stay close to my kids and hold them tight and, you know, not be too far away from them. If you have that privilege and that luxury, please, please uh, do remember to hold your kids tightly and hold your loved ones and hug them and let them know you love them. If y'all got beefs out there, squash it. It's it ain't, it's not worth it. I'm sure there are a lot of people who uh, are living with regret like that, and you never want to carry that with you. Uh, a lot of, you know, everyone said a lot of amazing things. I just want to thank all of our guests today. Once again, Karishma, Moho, Dr. Ricky, Alex Wolf, Nafa. A lot of, a lot of them preached, uh, our mantra of paying it forward. So thank you again for joining us for this, uh, difficult and, uh, you know, you know, Kobe tribute episode. And, uh, we really hope to get back to the normal swing of things by the next episode and get you guys back onto our usual of education, growth, and culture on the Notre Grow podcast. And until next time, always remember to pay it forward, folks. Pay it forward. That's the dream. It's not the destination. It's the journey. And 
If you guys, if you guys can understand that, then what you'll see happen is that you won't accomplish your dreams. Your dreams won't come true. Um, something greater will. And uh, if you guys can understand that, then I'm doing my job as a father. Thank you guys so much. I love you. And, uh, Mamba out.